Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Get your Bibles open to Matthew 13. Sorry, Mark 13 tonight. And uh, don't forget the judgment's coming up next month. So we're gonna we got some flyers on the way, and we're gonna have some outreaches to to give those out to people. Be praying about that. It's a big outreach, and we want to reach a lot of people. Amen. How many believe people need to get saved? Amen. Amen. As you're getting your Bibles moved tonight, don't forget how important prayer is. Thank you for those three amens, especially before services. And I know a lot of times we come in on a Wednesday night and work and we're tired and we're frustrated from whatever. But you'd be amazed how you'd feel spiritually if you'd make yourself go into that prayer room and pray. And bind the flesh and defeat the flesh and say, Satan, you're not going to beat me. I'm going to prepare myself for this message. I'm going to prepare myself for praise and worship. You'd be amazed. And we know that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, especially leaders, especially musicians, everybody that's in any kind of leadership, that that prayer is very, very important, and it sets the tone for the service. Amen. We need to spend time in prayer, whether we feel like it or not. Prayer is the answer. Prayer is the key, and it'll never stop being the key. No matter how long the Lord tarries and how long we're on this earth, prayer is the answer. Amen. Amen. Uh, As we were talking Sunday morning, about the prophetic Passover lamb. I showed a lot of things in the scriptures about how the Old Testament would reveal things coming about Jesus, him dying, him resurrecting. How many got something out of that Sunday morning service? About learning some things, seeing some things in the Old Testament that were prophesying over what the Lord was going to do. And so uh, tonight I want to read from Matthew, Mark 13, and I want to tell you that the Bible has the same thing for everything that we face Everything that comes our way, the Bible has the, the answer for it in, in, in concealed places. And we have to learn to, to navigate the scriptures. Amen? And so I want to talk a little bit about tonight what you're going to see in just a second. In Mark 13, I'm getting another verse ready so I don't forget it. Mark 13. How many are there? Amen. I'll be there in just a second. All right. I need more, I need, how many need more than one of those little things in your Bible that marks the pages? That's, if you've got two, you're blessed. I need another one. Mark 13. I want to read from, um, excuse me for not having this, okay. I want to read from, um, I didn't write it down, I just was, I was going over this when we were worshiping. This was not, not in my notes, so I'm trying to find it. I do know it's in Mark 13. Now I'm in Mark 14. That's one of the reasons. Helps to be in the right chapter. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Paul, will you just open us up in prayer for the word tonight? Yes, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Mark 13, Jesus is beginning to tell again as the, as the disciples are asking, what's coming? What's the things to come? And so we begin to read, just like Mark 20, Matthew 24, about uh, 
the things that are coming upon the earth. And we know tonight, church, that things are getting wild and crazy on the earth. And one of the things outside of everything else that's happening is, is there's a spirit attacking, if you've noticed, the church. To be complacent, to be tired, to be lazy, to be worn down, to be whatever. Amen. And, and the Bible tells us that that would happen in the last days, that even the elect would be uh, falling away, that the love of many would grow wax cold. And uh, the reason we talk about these things and the reason we're doing these things, the reason we're having tomorrow night another forum on Thursday nights about end times is so that we will stay alive and we will stay alert. Amen. Amen. These kind of messages are kind of like drinking an energy drink. They keep you awake. These messages keep you on your toes and they keep you saying, I got to pay attention to what's going on because I don't want to fall asleep at the wrong time. Amen. And so these that's what these messages are trying to do. And that's what my heart is, as I'm talking about these things. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to to be a, a doom and gloom preacher or or, or sp- stay on some subject just because I, I'm, I'm doing this because I want us to stay awake. Amen. And I want us to stay ready. And so Jesus said in Mark 13, and I want us to keep this at the forefront of our minds tonight as we talk some about some end times things. And I and I said in the in the uh, text today that would, would we go through the tribulation as Christians? And I want to I just read a verse without going into the book of Revelation, what the tribulation is. Jesus summed it up in Mark 13, 19. He said, for in those days there will be tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor shall ever be. That's just a one verse summary of what's coming to the earth. Amen. And I believe tonight that it's not coming for the church. And I want to make sure that we make clear tonight as we go forward that uh, our, our belief in the scriptures is that God has not appointed us under wrath. Amen. And we, we've been talking about a lot of different things. This seems just a little bit high. Jeff, you can just drop it just a little bit. First Thessalonians 4, if you'd go there real quick. I'm going to give you some things to write down. I see a lot of people with their notebooks open. And this might even be more like a Bible study because I want you to write some stuff down. Uh, and I want to I make a distinction tonight and an understanding tonight clearly in the scriptures that there is uh, a, a scriptural difference between the second coming of Jesus Christ... And the rapture of the church. Okay, I want to make sure that we understand that. And, and I, want, I want you to know something tonight it, from, from, from experience and from studying and from reading. And, and, and know that when I study a lot of times, I don't just, just study the Bible, but I look at what people believe. I look at what beliefs are out there. I look at what churches are preaching and what people are saying and what doctrines people are making. And, and how many know there's a lot of them? But I want to ask you a question tonight, and this is, is a generic question, but it'll help you think about this. You, you know, in our in this church, and when I say this church this is where we are, so our the church we attend, we have fundamental beliefs and doctrines that we believe and we stand on, and we believe that tithing is is God is God's plan to support the church. Amen. So we tithe and we give offerings. We believe praying is important. Just throwing out those two options, those two examples for once. Can you imagine if we got to heaven? 
And we've preached for all these years that tithing is of God and praying is of God. And we get up to heaven and we stand before God. When it's all said and done, he says, you didn't have to tithe. You didn't have to tithe. You you, you could have just gave offerings. Y'all misread that thing. You did not have to tithe. And you didn't really have to, you didn't have to pray as much as you did. If you'd have just said a quick prayer every day, you'd have been good. Y'all follow me? If we get up there and we've done something too much, there's not going to be a bad thing happen to us. Okay? But the other side of that coin is if I get up to heaven and I stand before God and he says, I I said in my word that you should tithe and you did not. I said in my word that you should pray and you didn't pray. There's just two examples. I just threw those out to get you to understand that when you can't overdo something right. Okay, you can't overdo something right. And so when, when we're preaching a, 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 a doctrine from the Bible that teaches that the church of Jesus Christ that loves God and is watching for his return, if we're preaching that tonight and we're wrong, just like we could be wrong on tithes or praying, I know I don't think we are, then we've talked about this before. The tribulation that Jesus mentioned right here is going to start. We're going to be here. There'll be no rapture. Jesus didn't come and get us and take us away. And we're going to have to go through it just like everybody else in the world. Amen. Y'all following me? But if there is a rapture and the church doesn't know about it and they're not watching and they're not looking for it and they miss it, then what? Then you're stuck in a place where you're not supposed to be because you didn't know. So I hope you followed that example just now. And that's our belief and our take. And many things in the scriptures tell us that that there is a a separate, because what happens if you don't know this is many theologians will try to make the rapture and the second coming one event. They try to make it one event. It's just one thing. And what they do is they place it at the end of the tribulation. And they say that the church and everybody on the world is going to go through this verse that I just read. Can, I, can, can somebody, does anybody have Mark still? Does anybody have it open? Just, just yell, yell at that verse because I don't have it. I'm already somewhere else. Read that verse 13, 19 again. Just somebody, whoever's got it, read it loud. Not all at once. Somebody got it? Nobody got it? I go back to it. Someone said they had it. 1319. It's a pretty serious verse. And, God, and Jesus is saying this is going to be a time in, 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 in space and time that's never happened before and will never happen again. Serious times. We can look at the world and say, man, we've seen some pretty crazy stuff. Nothing compared to what's coming on the earth. But I want us to understand that God's plan is through the Bible and through the scriptures for us to not be here as a church because of the scriptures, not because that sounds good. Of course it sounds good. Who would want to go through that? Who would want to go through tribulation? You've got Christians today saying that, man, we, they suffered in the Old Testament. They suffered in, in, the, in the book of Acts. They suffered for the last 2,000 years. We need to suffer too. And that's a great ideology, but that's not what the Bible says. Because there's many, many scriptural references that tell us as a church that he has a different plan for the church. 
which is us. And we talked about this being the bride of Christ. I hope in the last couple weeks I talked about the bride of Christ and I related that. And I just talked about the seven feasts on Sunday and, and, and how the Old Testament tells us times that these things are going to happen. And I hope that we're understanding that those times are coming now and they're here and we're there. And so I want you to see tonight that there is a difference because you need to be able to defend the, 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 the truth. So if you're taking notes, write down. There is a difference between the rapture and the second coming of Christ. Now remember the rapture is in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16 when he says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Amen? How many just heard what I read there? Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And then he says, comfort one another with these words. Now, again, I've said this before, push push forward to Mark 13, 19, the worst time that's ever happened in the world and see how comforting we'd be if we were here. Would we be able to comfort each other being in that time and that place of the worst time ever on the earth? Now, I want you to write something down very important tonight. Replacement gospel. Write that down. Replacement gospel. And I'll explain that in a second. This is very important because this is a false doctrine that has been preached. Replacement doctrine. And what that means is, is that people preach and teach that we, the church, have taken the place of Israel in the Bible. Okay, that's very, very important. That's not true. But what they'll do to make their, 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 their Bible uh, uh, th- uh, doctrine and make it look like the church has to go through the tribulation is they replacement theology says that, that we now are Israel in the Bible. And that is very wrong because the tribulation, the Bible says, is where is Daniel's 70th week. It's where Jesus Christ and God deals with his people again, which is Jewish nation Israelites. So we're not taking their place. We the Bible says we've been grafted in. We didn't take the place of Israel. How many understand that? That's very important to understand. So if people, people that are putting out these doctrines that say we're going to go through the tribulation and we're going to uh, uh, be here for seven years and all these things is because they're putting us in the place of Israel. And when you read the scriptures, me and Dwayne were talking about this one day. He was asking some questions and I was telling him in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21, you have to know when Jesus is talking to his Jewish people or when he's talking to the church. You have to know the difference. And the scriptures will tell you, but they're not going to tell you in that one book. You have to grab them from other places. Amen? Y'all with me? And so he says there in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the key verses. God cannot say, I have not appointed you to wrath, and then I'm going to put you through wrath. God is not a God of oxymorons or double standards. He's not going to say, I've not appointed you to wrath, but I'm going to take you through my wrath. Because the only way we can go through the tribulation is going through the wrath of God. The first half of the tribulation is God dealing with uh, people, unbelievers, dealing with the Jewish nation. And then the second half, church, you've got to understand, the second half of the tribulation is called the great tribulation. And it's not dealing with anybody. It's all out anger. From God. 
on this generation that has turned away from him and mocked him and hated him and, 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 and things like that. Y'all follow that? And so why would God have the church on this earth to be in his wrath when he says, I have not appointed you unto wrath? So we have to understand there's a difference between the rapture, the catching up, the taking away, the snatching away, the, the taking up to the bridal chamber of the bride of, the Christ, bride of Christ, and then the second coming when the, the Jesus comes with us back to the earth. Now, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you just some, some things real quick tonight for just a few minutes to show you the difference. Some, some people can come up with five things that are different between the rapture and the second coming. Some people can come up with 15. Some people can come up with 50, but there's differences. And the first one I want to show you tonight, if you're just in your Bible, quickly go to Revelation 19 real quick. I'm not going to ask you to open too many more scriptures tonight, maybe not any. But I want to show you one distinction just to start off uh, this tonight as I as just have you write down just a few things. Revelation 19. Be a big amen when you get there. I like to hear those pages turning. Now I want to read a verse, and I'm going to parallel these two. Revelation 19. Let's look at verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. Verse 7 talks about the marriage of the Lamb. And his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. And blessed are those, verse 9, who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Those are just lead-ins to what I want to show you. In verse 11 it says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Then I want you to go down to verse 14, and it says, And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Amen. Now right there in your notes in Revelation, write down Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah 14, verse 2 to 4. Don't look at it for time. I want to show you the first distinction scripturally. When we read, I'll tell you what that says in a second. When we read 1 Thessalonians 4, and I'm going to read it again. I want you to pay attention to something. The Bible says, for the Lord himself, okay, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. How many follow that? So it's saying the Lord himself, Jesus himself, physically will come into the clouds and rapture the church ups. How many see that? The Lord himself. Okay? Zechariah 14 prophetically tells us that the second coming of Christ when he comes, and you can read that later, verses 2 to 4, says that he will physically come down to the earth and his feet will touch the ground. And when he comes, the second coming of Christ, he's coming to do what? How many have been paying attention to what he's coming to do? He's coming to set up his, his reign on this earth. Amen? He's coming to start the millennial reign. He's coming to set up his kingdom on this earth. And so in the second coming of Christ, the Bible says that he's going to touch the Mount of Olives in Zechariah. And then we're going to stand there on that mount and we're going to be with him. And the Bible says that that will begin the millennial reign. Jesus is not going to go back up to heaven. He's came down to be on this earth to start the millennial reign. So the second coming is Jesus coming down and physically touching the earth and staying here. How many see that? 
The rapture is the Bible says that there's a trumpet sound and that we are caught up to be in the air with him. And then we go into heaven. See the difference? Rapture takes us up to heaven. Jesus never comes down to the earth. It never says he comes down to the earth. It says we are caught up in the air with him. And so we shall ever be with the Lord. The second coming is them, us coming back with him. Remember last Thursday I mentioned this, that to really make it simple. The beginning says this. The beginning says that I, uh, Jesus came the first time, what? To his people. Amen? The second time when he comes in the rapture, he's coming, what? For his people. And when he comes back in the second coming, he's coming with his people. That shows and, dis- and gives a distinction between two separate events. Are y'all following me tonight? Amen. Amen. This is important that, that we understand this. And so he says, the first one in the rapture, Jesus will remain in the air. The second coming, he comes down to the earth. Let me give you some more examples. At the rapture, the church meets Jesus in the air. The second coming, the church follows Jesus to the earth. At the rapture, the church will go up. To meet Jesus at the second coming, the church comes down with Jesus. Okay, this is the difference between the rapture and the second coming. How many are seeing those distinctions? At the rapture, the church leaves the earth. We physically leave this earth. Where the Bible says we're caught up to be. Can you can you can you understand that? Why would God catch us up in the air to come right back down to the earth again? Does that make sense? It's not just that it makes sense. It's in the scriptures. But there's a distinction. One, the rapture is going up in the air. And the second is us coming back down. And listen, this is, I'm not talking about this tonight. There's a whole bunch of things that have to happen during the tribulation with the church before we come back down. And I'll get into that later, maybe tomorrow night or another message. Another thing is, at the rapture, watch this, Satan will be very active on earth. How many know Satan is very active right now? The Bible says he's, he's trying to kill, to, to, to steal and destroy. He's, he's seeking, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's out looking, he's out, he's out watching and looking who he can deceive and who he can destroy. Right now we see, that's, how many know that's the fact? He's on the earth, his spirit is here on the earth. He's deceiving, he, he's, he's, he's tempting, he's here and he's active before the rapture, the difference is at the second coming, when Jesus comes down with us from heaven, he will be bound and chained into the bottomless pit. He can't be active and be chained. At the rapture, Satan will be very, I'm, I'm making sure you get these. At the rapture, Satan will be very active. At the second coming, Satan will be bound and chained, cast into the bottomless pit. At the rapture, peace will be removed from the earth. How many understand that? The spirit of God will not be removed. Many people are erroneous on that. God's spirit will be here because people will get saved in the tribulation. People cannot get saved without the spirit of God drawing them. Erroneously, people have said that when Jesus comes back and the church goes up, that the spirit of God leaves the earth. That's not true. But a humongous vessel of the Holy Spirit leaves, which is the church. And, and you say, can we have peace? He's not talking about a peace treaty peace. He's talking about peace tonight. How many know we can have peace right now in the middle of this world? But let me tell you something. When Jesus said that there's coming a time that never has been before and never will be again, there's not going to be any peace on this earth. 
Okay, so when Jesus comes and takes the church away, he says, that this is telling us that peace will be removed from, with the church, the peace that we have. At the second coming, peace will be restored on earth. Okay, when Jesus comes back down, peace will be restored. At the rapture, the Antichrist will appear and go forth conquering and to conquer. How many are staying with me tonight? I'm going to go through this quickly, just for a couple minutes. I have all the verses for this stuff. I have verses for every single one of these. I'm trying not to put too much out at once so you can't write it all down. I have the verses. Anybody, I, 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 I can shout them out, but I won't have time. At the rapture, the Antichrist will appear and go forth conquering and to conquer. It's, it, the Antichrist will be spiritually used by the devil and he'll be conquering, okay? That's not going to happen at the second coming of Christ. And the second coming of Christ, the Antichrist will be seized, we just said that, and cast in to the lake of fire. Here's another one. The rapture and the tribulation period, this is important, will come like a thief in the night to unbelievers. Amen? Isn't that what the Bible says? He'll come like a thief in the night. The second coming, at the second coming, in Revelations 1 and Luke 21, every eye will see him, the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Every eye will see him. When the rapture happens, every eye will not see Jesus. We're taken up and we're gone and we're, we're, we're taken into heaven, but no one's going to see him. But the second coming, every eye will see him. The Bible says, even those who've pierced him. And they will know. They will know he's king. And they will know he's Lord. At the rapture, the church will be removed from the earth. Watch this. At the rapture, the church will be removed from the earth. At the second coming, the lost will be removed from the earth. All the parables of the, te- of the, of the tares, all the parables of the, of the wheat, all the parables, the Bible says the angels will come down and they'll be pulling from the earth, from all four winds, pulling out the, the unbelieving and the lost and casting them into the lake of fire. There's a distinction of what's going on in these two events. The rapture, listen, will be before the marriage of the Lamb. We're the bride, amen? We're going to be married to Jesus. So the rapture has to happen so we can go to the marriage. The second coming will be after the marriage of the Lamb. Why? Because in the second coming is the marriage supper of the Lamb, the banquet. That's going to be on this earth. There's a difference between, how many know you can't have a reception without a marriage? You don't do the reception first. You get married and then you have the reception. And so the marriage is going to take place during the tribulation. And then we come back down and then we celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen? Here's three more. Before Jesus comes back, we know that there's signs in the world but there is no sign, no significant sign. If we can say, other than you know, some of the things we're talking about, don't, don't misinterpret this, the blood moons and, 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 and the, the lawlessness on the earth. But as far as an exact moment, we have no idea. There's nothing that tells us exactly the moment. It's imminent, the Bible says. We have to be watching and waiting. So there's absolutely no way we can know exactly. All these people that try to set dates, you've never heard me set a date. I say seasons. I say we're in the time, but I've never set a date, and I never will. I'll never say a date, but we, we don't know exactly the day or the hour. There's no way to know. 
But in the second coming, listen, we know because of all the signs 20 uh, uh, of the covenant being signed in the, in the beginning of the tribulation starts seven years. We know when the abomination of desolation happens and the Antichrist rises up in the temple, it's right in the middle of the, of the tribulation. Three and a half years left, 1,260 days. So when the second coming happens, there's all kinds of signs that we know exactly when it's going to happen. It will not be a surprise. But the rapture is a surprise. The rapture is for those who are watching and looking and waiting. The Bible says, here's two more, the rapture will take place in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. In a moment, we go from, a, from, this, from this messed up body to a perfect body. Amen. You'll get those abs back. That fat will be gone. Amen. You'll look like you want and maybe you used to look or never did look. You want to look. Amen. We'll have a glorified body in the twinkling of an eye. And at the second coming, we will remain here. Jesus will stay here and we will come with him to reign on the earth. How many know that that second coming? Think about this. If the rapture is instantaneous in the twinkling of an eye. He didn't say that just to say it. it's a quick in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, but the second coming, if every eye shall see him, that's not going to be so fast. They're going to see him. He's going to come down in glory. Amen. Amen. How many know Jesus is going to make a triumphant entry back into the earth? Amen. With us in the armies. And listen, I've never seen horses come out of the sky before. So it's going to be a pretty amazing event. Amen. When you see armies coming out of the eastern skies. So it's not going to be an instantaneous. It's going to be a glorious event. There's a difference. And the last one tonight is at the rapture, Israel's enemies will try to destroy Israel. How I many know oh, that's what's going to happen? Armies are going to come around and encamp around Israel, just like they did in 1967. Once again, they're, and, they're, and they're going to suffer some loss this time because God is dealing with them. And so as soon as the rapture happens, that peace treaty signed and the tribulation starts, Israel's enemies will try to destroy Israel. Now watch the difference between that and the second coming when Jesus will destroy Israel's enemies. See the difference? The armies will try to destroy Israel at the rapture, after the rapture. But in the second coming, Jesus comes down to rule and reign. And at the battle of Armageddon, everything is defeated. How many, are, how many are understanding tonight? These are just some of the differences that we have to understand between these two distinct things to understand the events that Jesus is telling us to watch for. And so last thing I'm going to ask tonight as I close is if we're not watching for Jesus, and we're not looking for a return, and we're not expecting our groom to come and get us as the bride of Christ. And we're not praying and we're not saying, Lord, even so come Lord Jesus. And we're not keeping oil in our lamps as, as the Bible says in Matthew 25. If we're not looking for the rapture of the church, then what are we looking for? The Antichrist? If we're not looking for Jesus, then we're, and, and, we don't, and, the, and the rapture doesn't happen, and the tribulation, and we're going to go through the tribulation, then we're looking and waiting to see the Antichrist. Do you think God wants us to look for the Antichrist or what God wants us to look for Jesus? Think about it. He doesn't want us to be sitting on this earth saying, well, I wonder if, I wonder if that's the Antichrist. I wonder if that's the Antichrist. We can, we can speculate that, but the idea is God wants us to look for him. And so that's why he kept it in a way in the Bible that we would be watching and waiting. 
watching and waiting. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I hope some of y'all read the parable of the virgins in Matthew 25 since Sunday. If you didn't, read it tonight. Read it tomorrow. Get in there and read that. And study it a little bit. Amen? The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Amen. Musicians, you can come tonight. I want to spend some time in prayer. Hopefully you wrote those things down. I'll give that to anybody who wants all the verses. I've got it very simple, simply written down tonight. Are the rapture and the second coming one event or two distinct events? Huh? Two distinct events. Amen? And our belief biblically tonight is that we're going in a pre-tribulation rapture. Jesus is going to call the church out. Don't, don't listen to those people that say, well, you just, you want the easy escape. Duh. Who doesn't want the easy escape? But we're not just saying that because it feels good. We're saying because we find biblical scriptures to back it up. God has not, you know, a lot of times when I'm praying about this and, 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 and uh, studying it, I keep saying, Lord, show me things. Show me key things. Because how many don't want to be wrong? I'm standing up here as a leader and I'm standing up here as a pastor and I'm preaching the Bible to you and I want to make sure that I'm right. And so I labor in prayer about this and I say, God, help me be right about this. I don't want to just say this because and I keep saying, Lord, show me things. I was even praying again tonight. Lord, show me things. Show me key things. And he reminded me again, I have not appointed my people unto wrath. Amen? God is not a God of double standards. He's not going to say, you're not going to have the wrath of God, and then on another page, I'm going to put you and drag you through my wrath. And I've said this before, church. If we go through the tribulation, and scriptures are wrong, and, and, and that's the plan of God, remember the first verse I read said, when, and those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet them in the air. Do you realize that after that second half of the tribulation, there's not going to be much people left on the earth? Do you realize that? We talked about it in the Thursday class. A lot of people are going to die in the tribulation. And and most people who put their faith in Jesus in the tribulation are going to die in the first half of it. When the Antichrist comes to power and he begins to institute the mark of the beast, and listen, don't try so hard to, to, what is the mark? Is it a 666 number? Is it a tattoo? Just understand this. I want to make this simple. Just understand that the idea of the mark of the beast is anti-Jesus. And that's why it says anti-Christ. And we're seeing that today. The spirit of the antichrist is in the world. You can mention God all day long, but when you say Jesus, all hell breaks loose. Have you noticed that? You can say God all day long. Any religion will agree with you. God, 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 God. But once you say Jesus, and what did Jesus say? You'll be hated for my name. There's something about the name of Jesus. And we know whether what we believe happens and the pre-tribulation rapture happens and that trumpet sounds and we go to heaven or we go through the tribulation, which I don't believe scripturally we're going to, we know that Jesus already came. 
He already died. He already rose from the dead. And he's not going to be physically on this earth again until we're with him. How many get that if you don't get anything else tonight? Don't believe that they say Jesus is out in the, out in the field or Jesus is in some inner room. If we began to go through the tribulation and the peace treaty happened and all hell began to break loose on earth and people began to say, that's Jesus, that's Jesus, we would know. No, that's not Jesus. Jesus is in heaven. Amen? And listen, this is important. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And when will Jesus be on this earth? Huh? And he won't come before. See, that eliminate rapture or no rapture, Jesus will not stand on this earth until the second coming, until he starts the millennial reign. So we can know whether we go or we stay. And again, I'm reiterating again, I believe we go. But if we stay, we are still looking for the Jesus in the clouds. Either way, Either way, we're looking for Jesus in the clouds, not on this earth. And we won't be deceived. We won't be deceived because we're looking for Jesus in the clouds. How many get that tonight? I'm trying to make this clear. That we know what we're looking for. Jesus in the air. Jesus in the clouds. Jesus in glory. Not on this earth. He already came. Amen.